You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity. So, so, so scandalous. Good evening, guys. Uh, you are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. Um, my name's Molly, and I'm here with Lisa and Erin. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Oh, what a great show we've got lined up tonight. I'm really excited. We are talking a little bit about uh, periods, all about periods. Um, we uh, we chuck in a few of our um, fictional role models that we uh, we've discussed pre Love a good pre-show. Fictional role model. Uh, all things babes, right, Molly? All babes, things yeah, babes. Yeah, pretty all much. Babe problems. Pretty much all things babes. Well, Dirk, because we're all babes. Because we're babes. Um, should we? Should we do a little intro? Yeah, for each other? I reckon. I think yeah. the only babe relevant song on our playlist tonight. Oh, oh no, not the only one. We've well, we got a few. There's but we'll get got to a few. It. We'll get Look. to the most important. I have worked prolific. hard on this playlist, I tell you. So everyone prepare yourselves. We've got some great tunes and we've got some great discussions. Yeah. I'm really excited. First up, let's let's all introduce ourselves. My name is Erin. I am a 19-year-old cisgendered female. I identify as bisexual and I am single. As a Pringle. As a Pringle. As a Pringle. Oh. Oh, my guy? Oh, yeah. Cool. Hey. Um, my name's Molly. I am 24 years old. I am a cis straight white female and i am in a loving beautiful committed relationship it's a sick wolf and i am lisa and i am 23 i think <laughs> in dog years and <laughs> i am a cis gendered woman and I identify as bisexual, and I am a, also a single Pringle. Oh. Hey. I Yay. love hanging out with single Pringles. That's We're a lot of fun. You are. It is fun. It is fun. I mean, both are fun. Whatever. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go into the first track. Um, <laughs> come on. What did you say, Lisa? Lisa showed me um, pictures today of... Um, the most beautiful swollen belly the world has ever seen. Mother Earth herself... Queen Bay. Queen Bay has touched us in and graced us in the best way possible. <laughs> um, with with not one but two uh, two babies in the belly of Beyonce. So um, we are playing. If I were a boy, Beyonce. This is the Naughty Rich Show on Sin Nation. Hello. So we're back on the Naughty Rich Show. That was Beyonce's "If I Were a Boy," and uh, you're here listening to Sin Nation. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. So, Lisa, tell us about what you discovered this week when you went around the Sin Studios and you asked some people some questions. Oh, well. I just wanted to find out what everyone's um, sanitary item of choice was when it came to menstruating. And the answers I got were not very risque or anything like that. <laughs> they were they were interesting. Um, take a listen. Mm-hmm. What is your preferred sanitary item of choice when it comes to menstruating and why? Um, I generally go with a combination of tampons and pads. They're not, I'm trying to move away from something that turns into rubbish so quickly, so looking at more environmentally friendly choices. Definitely pads. I've thought about getting the cup, but they're just not as readily available mm. as pads. Uh, well, I actually prefer tampons because I do a lot of exercise, so I find they're the best option. It's really clean, easy. Yeah. I would have to say tampons, for sure. Yep. Um, I avoid pads if I can. 
tampons are way more comfortable, I find. I would really like to get, I think it's called a moon cup. I have a friend who has one or a diva cup, I've heard of that as well. And I think it would be way better financially for the environment. I think it's a good investment. I think there's also like a real stigma around like menstrual cups and diva cups because everyone's like, but how to use them? And like, that sounds gross, but I'm sure they're not. I just don't know about them. Tampons, always. Uh, disposable, compact, can put them in my purse, can do all of those things and then I also don't really forget about them either like I would like a moon cup or anything else like that because you know how you have to clean it out like if you have a shower that night and all that stuff I'm not one to like shower every single day and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. it's maybe I'm just really lazy. Fair enough, (laughs) thank you. That's okay. Boom. Boom. Bada bing. What is your item of choice babes? tampons pads I, for a good night's sleep yeah I, I prefer pads just i don't know um i don't know sometimes i have negative experiences with tampons and it's like oh this isn't fun um i just know like from personal experience like my mum struggled with tampons she had cervical cancer at one point and um after that she wasn't allowed to use tampons anymore not allowed but she couldn't use them anymore um and I think that knowing that early on in my life was enough for me to be kind of afraid of them. And it's kind totally. of stuck with me. But totally. I still, I use them when necessary. I love a good swim. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That's really interesting. I do enjoy a tampon for a good swim. Hmm. Is that thing true that like when you go in water, swimming or bath, that like your period stops? That's a lie. That it doesn't is. stop, but like the water h- helps keep it Inside. in to an extent. Like if you're, really? you're going to lie in a bath for you know six hours on end it, you might experience a bit of leakage but um the water helps to keep keep I everything in really i i look I, i'm going to dispute that because I've, dispute I've, that? I've definitely been in the bath when okay, i've yeah, had my period yeah, and <laughs> and by the end of the hour or however long i take uh, it, is, it is a really nice tinge of pink <laughs> <laughs> and um and I, and I obviously don't care no 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 um, um, but yeah yeah well I don't know. I don't know if there's any, like, scientific evidence to say that. I'm just saying it based on experience and, like, mm. where I've been in situations where I've been in a pool or, like, a lake. Yeah, don't don't ask, but, like, I've been in lakes and on my period and, like, didn't have a tampon. I was like, screw this. I'm going to go have some fun and, like, was okay. Didn't have any accidents. So, based on personal experience, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I have I have had like the occasional tinge in the bath and been like, oh, great, oh. this is great, bath oh. bomb for nothing. I'm just a grosh though. <laughs> uh, one thing about that pre-record, I just want to, uh, Marin, who we who is a beautiful uh, sin sinner as as we like to call them here, and she's on many shows, uh, mentioned the moon cup, but no one actually mm. said that they used them. Uh, I am a user of the moon cup. Oh, there we go, and it is person. great. I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. I've been using it for about three years now. Really? Yeah. Can you can you explain yeah. how it works? Please explain. Please. Please explain. Oh, no, no point. Yeah. has jokes tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, basically it is a silicon cup that has a little stem at the bottom. So when you want to, you know, take it out that you can reach it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it basically catches all of your menstrual flow and you empty it out in the toilet or in the shower or in the sink or wherever you can you clean it out with a bit of toilet paper and or water probably should clean it out with water every time you want to reinsert yeah you kind of weirdly fold it in half and put it in sort of like a tampon and then it's like there's a action where it suctions to your 
know? Yeah. I, I'm trying to... Basically, the inside of your vagina. The, the Cervix. The, I don't know if it's the cervix. Yeah. <laughs> cervix. Let's yeah. just say the cervix. <laughs> Please look this up for uh, more information. But... Um, yeah, yeah. So, so it suctions, suctions to that, and it sits there, and um, yeah, it, it, you know, just like tampons, they do leak from time to time. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, uh, I find tampons make me feel quite dry. Yes. Yeah. And suck yeah, all the that. moisture out, and a moon cup doesn't do that. Also, I don't have to stress when I get my period. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta have a, I have a tampon. Blah, blah, blah. As long as I make sure that I have like my moon cup in its little cute silk pouch that it came with <laughs> and I make sure I take that with me pretty much wherever I go if I know that I'm about to get it or I'm close. Um, I, yeah, you don't have to buy a new one. So, so how often, sorry, how often do you need to keep on top of it really? Is it pretty similar to tampons? Okay, so sure. obviously if it's like a heavy flow, it's like two to three hours. If it's not that heavy, then you can go six to eight. Yep. Um, you can wear it at night. That's oh, fine. That's amazing. It's the best. And there are ones that you can even get that are um, they're compostable. So if mm. you're worried about the silicon part not being able to decompose, there are compostable ones. Because that's my whole thing with pads and tampons lately is the like environmental factor of it as well. Mm, they're and terrible. I know you can get, even though you can get organic tampons and whatever that are better for you you and your insides and aren't going to put, you know, leave cotton inside you or whatever it's coated in isn't going to just come off in your body, mm. it's still, you have to throw it out at the end of the day, don't you? Mm. Yeah, in- environment and also financials. Oh, my God, right? Well. Like, how much money do we go through every month on pads and tampons? So much. It's, really it's a luxury tax as well, which I still find deplorable. Um, yep, basically. This, this is the place to deplore things. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think uh, I'm a big advocate of the moon cup. Yeah. And I'm on the moon cup train. Awesome. So, yeah. While we're still on the topic of periods, yes. um, we had a little chat before, and I think it's worth having a discussion about when, or rather, what the first experience of having a period was like for mm. all of us. I'm, I just want to, before we go on, I want to just flag for everyone that um, we at the Notary Show would like to, we, we accept that not all women have periods, and um Sometimes men also have periods. People who identify as men have periods, and we want to we want to include everyone in this discussion. So when we talk about periods, it is not solely female or people who are born as a female. Sure, it's a, it's an open discussion for anyone who has a period. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. And continue. Great. Well, um, my my first period was not as exciting <laughs> as you. It was pretty lame. I think I just I got it. Um, and I saw it and went, all right, sure. <laughs> Here we go. And oh I, I, I did, I, embarrassing. I, I was 12 when I got my first period, 12. Yeah. And I, I took my knickers to my mother and I said, mum, is this what I think it is? And she's like, yep, oh. here's, here's a pad. I was wow. like, all right. Yep, here we go. But actually, my the first time, I will mention this because it's a funny story, but the first time I heard of a period was in year three and I was speaking to a friend of mine at the time and you know how kids are, they come up with the darndest things. She explained to me what this period was. I go, what is it? What is a period? Can you explain it? And she goes, yeah, sure. And she drew me a little diagram, right? 
and it was just of a of a person, and it wasn't much of a diagram. There really wasn't much to it. It was just a little <laughs> stick figure person, and it was it was peeing blood. And she goes, "It's when you pee and poo blood." Oh no! And I was that's like, terrifying. I was like, okay, right. So I've got that to look forward to. <gasps> That would put anyone off. Oh yeah, God. I mean, yeah, pooing blood isn't exactly no, a normal that's thing. A different, that's so, a different. Um, so totally if that different. is happening to you, please like please go to your doctor immediately. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. That's really funny. Anyone else? I really, really wanted to get my period because all of my friends like. So I got it when I was in year seven. I can relate. And a few of my friends got it when they were in year six. Yeah, and. They were like the cool girls because yep. they had oh, become this is so true. women, yeah. basically. And I was like, I, I actually, I think, I think I was part of the group that was, you could say, the popular group when I was in primary school. Uh, <laughs> we were pretty popular, and uh, it was probably like the mean girls. I think that I like to consider myself the nice part of the mean girls, but yeah, I think that we were not very nice. And one of the girls who was meant to be my friend, I, I don't know why we were having a normal discussion, and she ended up saying something like. Yeah, that's why everyone calls you like pancake behind your back because you got flat boobs. And I was really, really upset. And I you think I have boobs, I, really. And I, I think I went home and I was like, Mom, I really need a bra. Like, <laughs> like you, you give them one to my sister and she doesn't even have any boobs. And I just was really upset. Um, so uh, yeah, when I I think when I actually got it, I, it was a Sunday or whatever. I was hanging out with my family and I cried and I just sort of like mourned something. <laughs> <laughs> It's very dramatic. It was, it was like that, though. It was like losing a piece of yourself. The loss Black of your white. innocence. Yeah. You started speaking French. Yeah. It yeah. was just, yeah, noir. Everything changed. <laughs> Everything changed. Oh. It was, noir. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, mine was completely opposite to that. I just remember one day <laughs> sitting on the toilet, and I looked down in my pants, and it was a little bit red, and I started laughing so hard <laughs> sitting on the toilet. I was crying. And then my mum came and she was like, what are you laughing at? And I was sitting on the toilet and I couldn't, like, really speak. And then she figured out what it was. And then my brother, who's about two years younger than oh me, at this stage I'm 12 or 13 years old, I can't remember. And he's probably 10 or 11. Mm. And he comes out and he's like, what? And then, like, my mum's pissing herself laughing. I'm pissing myself laughing. And I'm pretty sure we just turned around and went like, oh, your sister got her period. And he's like... Okay. It's like funny with siblings. Away. Yeah, it's funny with siblings. I remember when my little sister got her period. There's six years between us. She's younger. And, yeah, it was literally the same thing. Like, But my house went really quiet. <laughs> like, there was no <laughs> laughing. I wish there had been a bit of laughter. But the whole house went really quiet. And Dad likes to know things, right? Yeah. And he lives in a house full of girls and he hates it. But he still wants to know things. And he goes, what's happened? Why is everyone so quiet? And my mum goes, she got her period. And he's like, oh, okay, right. Didn't want to know. <laughs> Yeah. Can I just say what is with that? That's what I was just yeah. gonna ask. <sighs> yeah. Why? Why? Why is? Why is it a scary topic? I could talk about periods till the cows come home to anyone really. Anyone that's willing to listen doesn't doesn't phase me. Yeah. Doesn't make me uncomfortable. Not like and the when people really make those sarcastic sort of comments about periods and oh you're PMSing and oh blah 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 mm. and like sort of dismiss it as though it's not real. PMS is so real. Oh. That's, we can totally talk about that in the next mm. segment. In the next segment. Talking about people not accepting or not wanting to hear the topic of periods, um, there was a really great video that sort of went viral in the last month or two uh, by a group called Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am. They did this video, which is really great. We've got a 
We've got the sound clip from it. But if you look it up on YouTube, uh, it's pretty funny. It's called I Got That Flow. So we're going to play that right now. Um, you are listening to the Naughty Retro on Sin Nation. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. You are with Lisa, Molly and Erin. And that song was I Got That Flow by Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. And thank you, ma'am. If you would like to send in any questions to yes. us for us to answer, send them to thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Please do. We're very informed. Or send us a tweet as well if you don't actually have like a question but you just want to chat. At Naughty Rude. Twitter, at Naughty Rude. Oh. Also, just with the Tumblr, um, completely free, anonymous, and you don't need an account. So Type away. Type away. Oof. PMS. Let's get into it. That was really grim. <laughs> just the way, the way we're segueing into this is... Yeah. It's very abrupt, but, you know... It is grim. Mm. Yeah, it can be grim. PMS can be grim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some of us. Yeah, sure. What's but- your experience, Lisa? My experience has been a rocky, rocky road. So, like I said before, I couldn't stop laughing when I got my period. Mm. Um, It was like, you know, God laughing at me in the face because ever (laughs) since then, it's just been a downward slope. Um, I've suffered really, really intensely my whole life um, with cramps and just physical repercussions of it you know like um I would get nightmares sometimes sweating Mm. all that kind of stuff and then um debilitating cramps to the point where I would have to leave school or sometimes I couldn't even get out of bed to go to school in the first place um and also PMS in general um has been a massive factor in my life and that's why I get so heated when people start taking the piss. Yeah, for sure. Because it is a real thing and it is, you know, a trigger warning and all those things. Um, especially when now I'm 23 years old, I'm at the point where I've, you know, I've tried various uh, forms of contraception to alter my hormones mm. and all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, I'm on a form of antidepressants. Um, which is the only thing that has really helped to kind of put a balance back in my life. Um, Instead of suffering from PMS for 14 to 15 days of the month, it's maybe like two. So it's been the hormonal changes from premenstrual syndrome, which is what PMS stands for, that has affected your mood and mental state. state. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That sounds really intense. Yeah, it has been. And so for a long, long time, I didn't realise that it was the PMS because whose PMS lasts for half the month or longer? You know, yeah. it sounds like something from a horror film, uh, but I was really got into it last year with the doctors and seeing different people and getting different opinions and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we boiled it down to and decided to get me off the contraceptives because they were doing not so nice things for me physically. And that's just, this is all, just want to preface this as well with, this is all my personal experience. Um, And if you uh, suffer from any sort of depression or anxiety or anything like that, uh, you can call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue or the Kids Helpline and they will all love to have a chat to you yeah, and maybe they you can, can help. chat to them about PMS issues as exactly. well. Like they're, all, they're there to talk about anything as well. If you're in an immediate crisis, you know, give Lifeline a call. But um, Beyond Blue and Kids Helpline are really good places to go just to chat. Exactly. And then maybe, you know, if I had done that back in the day, I could have figured out that that's what was wrong with me and not think that there was, like, I mean, this is a pretty deep issue, but not that there was something really sinister sure. at play. But, yeah, what about you guys? 
Um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That yeah, is you. pretty. Uh, it's pretty valuable experience to hear because I, I didn't even know that PMS could affect people so monumentally. Oh yeah. Um, I probably get it for about five days to a week, and mostly I just get a little bit irrational. To I well, I, I I'm a person who cries a lot. I think I cried this morning, which is pretty normal. <laughs> Healthy. Um, yeah, I, I like a good cry. Yeah, it's good. every day, um, <laughs> every single day. Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like I can. I've been able to monitor monitor my body enough to know that when I'm crying, it's um, for a legitimate feeling, or it's whether it's somewhat irrational. So if I'm if I'm crying because my you know, my boyfriend, you know, didn't remember to put salt and pepper on, on our dinner or something like that, which he, which wouldn't happen because we both love salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> but for example... Wouldn't dream of it. Th- th- then, then I might cry and then I'd just be like, I think I'm going to get my period in the next few days. And he would just be like, yeah, I think so too. And we yeah. just keep eating our dinner. Yep. <laughs> just, on, just on the tail end of that as well, it was way easier for me to um, keep track of that when I was on contraceptive, like the pill, because I could see when it was coming. Yeah. But then now that I'm, especially now that I'm on this medication, it has altered me and made me better, but it also means that when I am actually PMSing, I don't realise it. I have zero concept of it because I'm fall way into the 31 to 21 days or whatever it is it can come at absolutely any time Mm. so there's like i'll be irrational and frustrated and crying and all these things and shoving three packets of crumpets in my face and i'm crumpets are so good though delicious (laughs) and then wake up two days later with my period and be like oh so that's why i was blacked out the last two days you know Yeah. yeah can i ask what forms of contraception you had tried I was on the pill, so I was on Yasmin, yeah. and then I switched to another one for only five or six months. I can't remember what it was called. It might have started with an L, mm. but mm-hmm. I know that that's not helpful really at all. But <laughs> so another form of the pill, basically. yeah, another form of the pill. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, I was going to try and attempt the um, the rod in your arm, Implanon. Yeah, yeah, that. But I found this medication worked for me just as well. And, I mean, condoms are, you know, a really great form of contraception as well. So Mm. when it comes down to the nitty-gritty... They are um, the safest. Wrap your willy. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do enjoy a good condom. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Your face and your... Yes, I I love a good condom. I thought I I should contribute some banter to (laughs) the conversation. No, it's great. Um... Yeah, well, the one thing that I have read about contraception, because currently I'm not on any form of hormonal contraception, and I never have been, apart from 10 days, um, I have heard that the IUD is great at not only stopping your period potentially and also lessening your period pain, um, but changing the way that PMS can react with you. And I don't know if you guys have read anything about that. Yeah, I haven't actually heard much about this, so Mm. I would love to know. But they're also not that easy to get. So How do you mean? When you go to the doctor, Mm. I don't... I mean, and I 
please take this with a grain of salt because I'm not a medical professional, but I have brought it up to GPs a couple of times and they always want you to do other things first. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine was the exact opposite. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She said, this is, this is the best. You know, I've, I know people who who are on this. Send me there. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's very great. Um, I only go to female doctors. Same. And yeah, they, they basically said that they, this is where you can get it done. This is where you can pick it up. Our, our procedures are free. You just have to pay for the actual in OMG. The, the IUD. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was advised for it multiple times. That's amazing. I've had never had experience. Been. That's really interesting. So maybe I should delve deeper. But at the moment, I mean, at the moment, I'm a pretty happy Larry. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I think if things, you know, your body can adapt to certain forms of medication and then you just go up and up and up and up and then suddenly you've reached the peak and it's like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I tried oh, contraception in... Oh, a few years ago, and then I tried it again recently. And, yeah, both times just didn't work. Didn't mm. work for me. The first time, I ended up having, like, a consecutive, like, a month-long period, and yeah, it just wasn't fun. But, um, yeah, and I ended up getting a lot of side effects from that as well, like pain and mm-hmm. emotional trauma as well. Mm-hmm. And then, again, the second time around, I felt a bit better, but I was still getting that pain, and I felt a lot of tenderness in my breast as well, which was mm. just concerning for me. So, um yeah, I prefer not to use it just based on the experience that I've had. I've found that it doesn't quite work for me. Um, but the one thing that I did find helpful with, with the pill at the time was keeping track of my periods because yes. I am hopeless at doing yeah. that. Well, you know what, Erin? There is a app for that. <laughs> the app is called Clue and it, you can track your period and add in yep. each of the symptoms of when you have your period and also when you don't have your period. Yeah, so sure. it helps and collects data that can show you when you're the times at which you PMS and how long you generally PMS for yep. when you are ovulating um, if you're looking to get pregnant it is not good as a form of contraception no <laughs> I would not recommend not, no do not use clue as a form of contraception or trying to figure out when you're not ovulating because don't do that just check on a Connie that's fine mm-hmm. um, but clue if you want to track your period Download that app. Cool. It is, it, it is a great app. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but it is a great. <laughs> this is not a sponsored message. <laughs> it's free. It's a free app. Come on. We're not sponsored. Like, whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah. Should we go into another song? Yes, we should. Mm, okay. Well, I love pun-based shows when we're talking about periods. So we're clearly going to play Bad Blood by Taylor Swift featuring Kendrick Lamar. This is the Naughty Root Show on Sin Nation. That was Bad Blood by uh, Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar. This is the Naughty Rich Show on Sin Nation. And uh, I was the only one who loved that song. Everyone else in the studio Yeah, you really were, unfortunately. Like I'd give it like a six out of ten. Like, I didn't oh, hate come it. Come on! Kendrick's on it, so he makes the six. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's a bit sad that Kendrick's on it as well. You could see it on two sides. Like it's yeah. You can, yeah, yeah. It was a breakup song for me. It was great, you know. Liberating. It was. It was liberating. It's a very headbanging liberating. Song. It, it definitely was. Before we go on, I just want to plug a really great resource plug for away. anyone. Well, it's 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 directed towards young women, but young people in general. It's a blog called Bits and Bods. Um, it starts off as a Tumblr, and they're releasing their website in the next month or two, and it is a great resource for anything 
sex education because I think we can all agree that sex education in schools is pretty crap. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crap. And most of what we feel like we have learned has come from our friends, has come from Googling the internet. On, the, the internet has... Look, I'm going to be honest. I learned how to give a blowjob from watching porn and, <laughs> you know... <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah, well, well, you know, how did I figure out the periods weren't pooing blood? <laughs> Put it that way. Exactly, exactly. So this is a really great resource in which people ask questions. There are people who write articles. They're really comprehensive. It's a great resource. So uh, bitsandbods.tumblr.com and also bitsandbods on Instagram. They deserve a plug because they do a really great job. And it's also really, really pretty. So I love a good aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. I love some aesthetic. Yeah, the two uh, the two babes who started it are both photographers, and they love pastels, which I love pastels. So bits and bods. There you go. We're sharing it on the Twitter right now. Ugh. So Anya, if you want to see it, it's there at Naughty Group. Speaking of Twitter, mm. um, Tumblr. If you have any questions, send them to the Naughty Rude Show. Tumblr.com forward slash ask. Yes. Correct? That, that sounds right. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. And you know what? Just chuck it in Google. Mm. Um, the first question comes from Anonymous and says, I was getting changed with my best girlfriend and I couldn't help but look at her. Does this mean I'm attracted to girls? Oof. Does it? Does it? No. Nah. Go ahead and say no. <laughs> nah, you're right. <laughs> what did you say before, Molly? Bodies are... Ah, I said bodies are bodies and... I, I consider myself to be a straighty 180 most of the time. <laughs> but, uh, babes, women are really, really attractive. I, I love looking at the female form. Absolutely. I just got a tattoo of the female form, like, a couple of weeks ago. Awesome. It's got, I've got a whole titty right next to my titty. Like, it's great. Mm. Women's bodies are beautiful. Could always do with an extra titty. Like. Oh, lit. Literally. I was like, you know what? I have to. I really want another one. Also, I, I just want to say that we have to be... We stop having to use those silly phrases like, oh, no homo, because the, uh, we can appreciate bodies of our own sex and gender. Yes. And say that they are beautiful and say that they are sexy and say that they are great without insinuating any sexual connotation towards that. Yeah, or like romantic or anything. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, so you, you might be attracted to women. That's potentially something that's happening to you. But it's if you look at your friend and you think that she's really attractive and... But especially because it's your friend, you'd be curious as. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. if my best friend was getting changed next to me, I'd be like, mm, mm-hmm. what are you looking like? You know, it's just mm, like, it's actually true, yeah. kill the cat. Like, if you're not looking at every woman on the street or you're not suddenly sniffing people's hair, I don't know how this thing works. But, you know, like, if it's just one thing, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You're fine. And even if you are, that's fine too. Yep. Yeah, either way. Either way. Yep. Oh, good. Um, do we want another question? Yep. Go for it. Oh, da da da, da da da. This is my. I'm scrolling and looking da, 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 for da, da, a good da, da, question. Head up towards the top. Oh yeah, there we go. Hey guys, I'm 18 and male. I'm gay and have an amazing boyfriend. Despite all the highs we have in our relationship, it breaks my heart to know that he is suffering from depression and anxiety. I try so hard to help him, but I don't know how. 
Whenever we are together, it's like a new adventure, and he brings the best out in me. However, he is often unable to open up due to a troubled past. Do you have any advice for me? Oh, that's really okay. tough. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you're going through that because that sounds quite tough, and you obviously sound like a very loving person who cares about your partner a lot, given that you're asking advice for this. I would say that as someone who does suffer from anxiety and occasional bouts of depression, the best thing that's like, that you can do for your partner if you see them suffering is to let you th- just to let them know that you are there for them and that you will listen to them and that you want to care for them and that you're not going to go away. Because one of my biggest fears is that I am... My anxiety and my depression can be too much for people. Yeah. Mm. And I am really afraid of them going away. And that is, well, it has happened in the past with with boyfriends. We have not worked out probably because of that primarily. Mm. And that's really painful. And so if you love your boyfriend, which it sounds like you do a lot, then make sure that they know that you're there and that you're not going to go away and that you want to support them no matter what and that you want to listen to them and that you want to hold their hand and that it's okay for them to feel like that. And if you're doing that, then you are doing a really good job. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm just going to echo that and also say and just let them know that they can take their time. Um, Don't Mm. push anything. Don't force them to tell you anything that they're not ready to tell you or um, feel any thing that they (laughs) don't force yourself um into any sort of situation just don't just let it happen uh because as long as they know like molly said that you're there for them they will eventually come out of their shell yeah exactly over time it'll just become this thing where they feel confident enough to share that with you and maybe they they never do maybe it's something they just want to keep private but at the end of the day as long as I think it's important as well, like a balance of showing and telling yeah. that mm-hmm. you care and that you're going to stick around and that, you know, a support that you, system. yeah, a, a support system. That's exactly what it is. And similarly with support systems, often when people feel depressed, it's really hard for them to go and seek help because they don't necessarily feel like they are worth the effort yeah. for help. So if this person is suffering to a great degree and you think that this is out of your depth and you think that they might need some additional help, then helping someone get a get a mental health plan and get a counsellor mm. or a psychologist or a psychiatrist is a really invaluable thing to do for them because it can be really hard having to do that for yourself when you yep. find it really hard getting up and having a shower in the morning so that's something that is a really great help helping someone get those resources for themselves yeah for sure and as i'll just add that molly before you mm-hmm. go on as as the person's partner you're you're there to support them, but you're not necessarily obliged to be their their counselor. You know, mm-hmm. there's professionals who are much better suited to that. And as you said, you don't want to be out of your depth. So the best thing you can do is be a friend to them, be a loved one, and give them help them get that guidance that they need and direct them. Mm, exactly. And I know that we read these out before, but if this has triggered anything, if you feel like you might need some help or you know someone who might need some help, um, please seek help. There are really great resources out there. We have Beyond Blue, which is uh, you can call on one three hundred double two four six three six. The Kids Helpline is one eight hundred double five one eight hundred or Lifeline thirteen eleven fourteen. Really great resources for anyone who is suffering 
from mental health issues and needs to seek help. Please seek help. There's also Headspace as well. Headspace, yeah, Headspace is, is on great. the, on the headline is. as well. But the Headspace have got a lot of great online resources as well. They've got an um, online e-chat Headspace as well. I think mm-hmm. Beyond Blue have an um, online web chat as well. But, yeah, there's, there's so much available to you. It's just it's there for the taking, really. Mm-hmm. And the online e-chats are really, really, really comfortable. Yeah, they are. Very, very comfortable. Um, shall we dive into one more? Yeah, let's, let's go do one, one more. more. One more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What is the average length that sex should last? My girlfriend and I will go for ages and no one gets off and it's getting exhausting. I've never finished with her, but she wants to make me come and I feel bad not being able to, in brackets, male. This is my life. <laughs> well, go on. Well, yeah, I, I, go, I, go I, I had a partner who I was in a similar situation with who, yeah, just nothing was happening. Um, and it was tough. It was really tough. But we kind of just... The mantra that we used to take into it was just, it's about the journey, not the destination. So we just made the most of the sex that we had. And yeah, we just, we tried new things. We tried a whole bunch of things and we just experimented and we talked a lot. My God, did we talk a lot about (laughs) what we both liked and what was good and what was working and what wasn't. It was, yeah. That sounds so healthy. It was Mm. very, yeah. That sounds great. Mm. <laughs> oh no! We Maybe not. That sounds crap. There was there was there was issues. Like there was issues, of course, in the fact that not, there was no climax a lot of the time. Um, but you know, we just had to keep working. It's it's not a you can never get these things straight away. But practice makes perfect, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure it does. I think that sex is not a. Also, when I say sex, I don't just mean penetrative sex. Yes, flagging that. Um, I think that. Sex is, as you said, really different for everyone. So I've read things that <laughs> of women who will come within two minutes and then will be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That they yeah. came really yeah, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Uh, wow, great. With, only with my ex-boyfriend. Polar though. opposites. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So diverse. What a diverse conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, look, it, it just is totally up to you, basically, and what whatever it takes to get you off. So sometimes it doesn't happen, which can be really frustrating Sometimes it happens really quickly, which mm-hmm. also can be really frustrating. Um, I don't know, for me, it's probably about 45 to an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I'm about that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm about that as well. I think the best thing um, you can do is just learn your body and mm-hmm. whether you're doing that with a partner in your own time, with multiple partners, you know, whatever you need to do to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, I learned that. Uh, I learned my body a very long time ago because depending on my partner... I am the one that has to sort of keep it in (laughs) and wait and wait and wait. And I'm like, oh, you know what? It's been 15 whole minutes now. Like, (laughs) I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, But, yeah, with my ex-boyfriend, it was like he just never, ever, 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 ever finished. And it was kind of frustrating for me at the start. But then we figured out ways that he was kind of just happy watching me get off. So it wasn't necessarily a a bad thing for either of us because I – in saying that I learnt my body, I learnt it very well with him because I know 55 different ways now of how to get myself off. Amazing. And Amazing. even though he never did, we were both satisfied. So, yeah, it's just communication, I guess. Mm. And, yeah, there's no average length. Great. Cool. <laughs> so let's go into another song. Yeah. Uh, let's do let's it. Let's do it. This one is Banoffee with her. This is the Noida Ridge Show on Sin Nation. 
Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. You are joined with Erin, Lisa and Molly tonight. Mm. That song there was by Banafee and it was called With Her. And it was a good tune. Thanks, Molly. I didn't enjoy that tune. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. I love being the DJ. Molly was having a bit of a groove. She's having a bit of a groove all night, actually. I I am groove. I'm such a groover. (laughs) Look, we have a really great segment that we've decided to do. Our top three fictional babe role models. Um, I'm all about it. Yeah. All about yeah, this yeah. stuff. I'm really excited to hear what you guys have because currently my list is plastered all over the studio. Yeah, so your, your list is... Um, it's everywhere. It's quite good. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to hold mine and I want to I hear surprises. So, go. Lisa, you first. Lisa, go. Did you just say dibs not? Yeah. Oh. Okay, I feel honoured. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so number one, the first person that popped into my brain when Molly posed this question to me earlier this evening. Angelica Pickles from the Rugrats. Please explain. Please explain. Please explain. (laughs) Angelica Pickles was three years old, knew what she wanted, knew how to get it, maybe not in the best way possible. Um, She asserted, you know, female power and dominance. Look, I'm not saying that she went about it in the most humble humble or humane ways, but um, she definitely knew who she was from a very young age. And I think that being exposed to her as a young baby, myself, (laughs) in, I don't know, 1995, um, has really shaped the person I am today. Uh, If someone was to compare me to Angelica Pickles, I wouldn't call them a liar. Um, But also, I would thank them because she's great. Erin, what do you think? (laughs) How can I top that? How how am I going to top that? Oh, you will. Okay. Um, I mean, no one can actually top Angelica Pickles because she is the best. Oh, yep. No, I, I disagree. I I mean, I like Angelica Pickles, but I've got some pretty. I've got some doozies. You okay, do have some good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to spit it out. I'm going to say Mulan. Yes, Ooh. great, great. Yeah, I was really, I was I almost wrote this down on my list. I'm so. glad you didn't because yeah. uh, then I'd be a bit stuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Mulan. Mulan was always my favorite Disney film, and. It was totally about a woman doing what was traditionally a man's role and doing it better. Yep. <laughs> Just kicking ass. With Grandma Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favourite scene is, is the end when, um, is it the grandma and the, the, the prince or whatever it is? Would you I like to stay forever? Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably my favourite scene. Or or when she's singing, um, oh, I forgot the name, but when will my reflection show? That one. To, oh yeah, to herself and, and it's really dramatic. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, um, that is a good film. But it's a ve- that and that and that song as well mm. really just resonates with figuring out who you are and getting stuff done. Mm. And <gasps> just thought of another one mid segment. Anyway, mm. carry on. Oh, okay, my turn. Yep. Okay, so with my list of six, I think the biggest one and the one who is the oldest is Maria from The Sound of Music. Yeah, and um. Uh, those of you who don't know, I work in a nursing home. So I'm a carer in a nursing home and I work with people with dementia. And one of the only things in the afternoon to calm them down is The Sound of Music. They love that film. So I have seen that film about 200 times. Edelweiss. And, oh, that is my favourite song in the whole film. And Maria is the best character. And, you know, she's based there in the, in the 30s saying, no, 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 I'm far too outspoken for that. 
and she was a nun and and then she, she wasn't a nun and then she wasn't a nun and then she she followed her heart and then she also stood up for herself in the face of the the captain and the captain and my favorite part in that film is when they're fighting and he's about to fire Maria and then she's like no I'm not finished I need to tell you that you need to come and love your children stop stop running away from them and he's like no you're finished captain and he calls her captain and then mm-hmm. he goes up oh, Fräulein and then there's this moment of like silence where they both know that that she's really stood her ground and <sighs> she's just She's just such a great character. I have goosebumps. I can hear I him saying it. Christopher Plummer, is that his name? I can hear him saying it. Yeah. Like goosebumps. Yeah. Absolute goosebumps. Yeah. Every time I say it, I'm just like, yes! Fräulein. Love you solve a problem like Maria. I won't, I won't subject anyone so to that rendition. That's right. That's enough. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think I need to go home and watch The Sound of Music. <laughs> yep. I was thinking of another one mm-hmm, as well, and it's, it's pretty bad. But it's just come to mind. I was obsessed with Spy Kids. Yes. And Alexa Vega played Carmen. Carmen. Yeah, she was cool. She was cool. I liked her. She was great. I did look up to her. Mm -hmm. The brother in that is dating someone. You know, Frankie Muniz. No, the curly headed (laughs) kid. The curly headed kid. I'm gonna have to Google Google it and get back to you later. But he's dating someone really weird right now, Um, (laughs) like a really like unlikely couple type of situation. Saw it on Twitter the other day. Anyway, um, my next one is Santana from Glee. Did you guys ever watch Glee? Yeah. Okay, I can Mm. dig that. I wasn't a Glee. I wasn't a Gleester. The biggest Gleek, like you know, with the (laughs) owl on your head and the Glee. Uh, Ryan Murphy is a god. But Santana, also played by uh, Naya Rivera, yeah, one of the strongest characters, I think, for modern youth. Uh, head cheerleader, real bitchy, real you know, no one can mess with her type of attitude mm. at the start. And her character development, I think it's mostly due to the character development that she underwent throughout the series. But it was just like phenomenal. So she realized that she realizes that after, you know, sleeping with all these football guys and whatever for so long that she's actually really in love with her best friend Brittany and that she's coming to terms with her sexuality and then dealing with that and dealing with it in a cultural perspective because she's um, Spanish or Hispanic. Hispanic. And um, dealing with uh, having to come out to her grandmother and then her grandmother not accepting her and just so many Mm. things but still maintaining that really strong, powerful person like persona that we all knew from the start amazing brings yeah, tears sure. to the eyes great yeah oh. i can agree with you there oh, ship, thanks, Sarah. Ship, yeah i can agree with you there <laughs> I, I can ship that i i like britney though i did enjoy britney because oh yeah she was very the fondue fallible and very relatable and like very down-to-earth character who still took it in her stride yeah definitely yeah awesome Molly. my next one is a recent or well one of i guess more recent relevance um the season the show girls has just had and aired its final season yes. ever and i have loved that show from the start so i'm pretty emotional about it finishing mm-hmm. um shoshana shoshana from nice. girls i think that she is one of the strongest characters in that because she's the only one who ends up actually seeing well, well i guess essentially we introduce her character and she's seemed seemingly more irrational and really wants to be liked and sacrifices a lot of her own needs for the others. And then in the end, she says, 
actually, I'm not doing this. We're not, this isn't a group anymore. We're not friends. <gasps> is that how it ends? Oh my gosh. Oh my I'm, God, so, that's I'm sorry. I'm Actually sorry. Just it. Oh, oh no. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't spoil it. I okay. gave I up on that show years ago, but yeah. Yeah, mm. I gave up as well. <laughs> I stopped at season two. I couldn't yeah. with Lena Dunham anymore. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, can, I can say that. But basically, yeah, look, she, she stands around and she's like, yeah, no, like, she's the most rational one. We're not doing this. This isn't working. I'm happy with my life. You guys go on with yours. <gasps> and she's just the best. Mm. She's just the best character she is very cute uh-huh uh-huh next one all right well look i'm gonna be weird and alternative and okay people who know me know that i really like pro wrestling um and i can't really go like two hours without talking about it it's really difficult for me i find it really challenging amazing <laughs> so obviously um when i say that to people they go, oh, but, like, aren't you offended by the women in, like, bikinis and, like, rolling around in mud? And I go, well, you know, a lot's changed since 2001. Yeah. Thankfully, we have idols and role models to look up to these days. But um, oh, who's a good example? I'm going to go, I'm going to say anyone who wants to know about this obscure world, check out Lita. She is a really cool... Was person. she on WWE? Yeah. I know who she yeah. is. I used um, to watch... Amy Dumas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch WWE. Awesome. When I, when I when was you, like yeah. 12. But yeah. yeah. That's okay. So did I. And I just never stopped. <laughs> like some, some kids just don't grow up. <laughs> That's fine. That's me. I'm like the Peter Pan of wrestling. wrestling. Um, anyway, Lita was Lita. really cool because she was like this alternative punk rock chick, did whatever the hell she wanted, was able to do all the cool stunts that the guys were doing and it was totally legitimate that she would do that. And it was revolutionary for the time. And if you're interested in that kind of thing, like women's wrestling, which I am absolutely fascinated by, then she's a good starting point as a fictional character to investigate. Just quickly, mm. who was that redhead wrestler, like way back? The chick? Or? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be her. Lita. Was that Lita? Yeah. Right. Ooh, yeah. There we go. Kiki. There you go. Like with the fishnet yes. sleeves and the, the arms hats. When you said Lita, but I wasn't confident enough to piece yeah. it together in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Beautiful. She also um, well had a trademark. She'd wear her thong outside of her yes. trousers. And I'm sure a lot of young girls got in trouble for doing so that at school. Badass. Yeah, pretty badass. Yeah. Awesome. All right, move along. Awesome. Oh, my next one? one? Yeah. Okay. It was a toss-up. Okay, so I'm just going to quickly skate through them. I've got three. Emmy Rossum, uh, Fiona Gallagher in Shameless. Possibly the strongest character on television ever. I mean, her dad's an alcoholic. She's raising six kids by herself, and mm. she's 20. Boom. Uh, need I say more? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alana Glazer, Broad City. Ah, uh, true, true, true. Yeah. True, true, Vaguely. Vaguely. Aware. Hilarious. Oh, she just lives her life, Queen. You know, doesn't really... She she just lives her life. That that's all you can really say about it. She just suff- she she kind of glides through without thinking about any potential consequences, and it's a bit wild. But Ilana, <laughs> the IRL human, fantastic. You know? I also you know what I love in the show um, is that in terms of the best friend kind of dynamic dynamic of you know so Alana's the cool hip like she does all the funny stuff whatever and and Abby's the more cautious sort of 
probably not quite as pretty mm-hmm. and whatever. And Alana is just so in love with her. Yeah, she's like she has an ass of an angel, and and, and just really is just like oh my god, Abby. Like you, you basically, just, she's she's totally in love with her, and she just totally sticks. And this is a dynamic that was it's really different it's to anything so that you see because most of those dynamics, like you know, you've got like the sidekick, and they're sort of just like oh yeah, cool. They're the one that like, you keep kick shit at basically. If anything, Alana's the sidekick. Yeah, you know, I know, I know, because because we like we know Abby's like the the responsible one yeah. who, who buys stuff from Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> and and, and Alana's just like, oh crap, like you know, I, I found my taxes, like I shoved them in the air conditioner or something like that. I don't know. Oh my god, yeah, it's so great. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, yeah, Broad City just as a whole, I think, is a great female role model. Yes, and um, to cap it off, RuPaul. Yes. Yes. Not a fictional character. Totally real, but just I just had to throw it in there. Mama mm-hmm. Roo raised me. Um, I'm very happy with the woman I've turned out to be. Um, and you should be. Yeah. Because you're amazing. Thank Oh, Molly, bless. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, adorable. <laughs> I will finish mine off. I Look, this is actually really difficult to choose, but my all-time fave, and I'm pretty sure that most anyone can agree, Matilda. Yes. Straight up Matilda. Yeah. She was just, okay, she was just the best. Just the best. That's She's a massive feminist now too on Twitter in yeah. her life. Oh my god! By the way, of mm. course, BT Dubs. Of course. Um, and my um, my close finalists, as I might say, uh, Linda Belcher, which is the mum in uh, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I think that she is the funniest character on that show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite lines is like she's talking to her sister, and the sister's like, "Ah, oh, that's right. You're the smart one. I'm the hot one." She's like, "No, no." And I also had Juno, obviously, because yep. the, the first, you know, the, the teen pregnancy who's also really alternative and yep. sticks to her own, the beat of her own drum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie Nope, who is such a pioneer in in local government in Parks and Rec. <sighs> Leslie Yope, like... <laughs> yes. That was really bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that I did. <laughs> You know what I mean. It was almost so bad I can't pretty much missed it. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so many, so many role models, and I'm really glad that we can actually have a discussion about it because I, there are so many great female role models that are out there for younger women to look up to and to yeah, model sure. our model ourselves on or idolize. Oh, guys, I mean not fictional. Uh, Beyonce, duh, <laughs> duh, straight yeah. up, straight up. I think it's important as well, like as you said. There's so much there available. Be an avid consumer of popular culture. Um, oh, my goodness. But also have the whereabouts and the wherewithal to make a judgment as well, I yeah. think. Like, mm-hmm. don't take what you're given on the television for fact. Make a – use the information that you see to inform your opinion about the person that you want to be. Like, mm. I think that's important. Definitely. All the characters that we've talked about it probably have a level of problematic – yeah, probably. Everything's problematic yeah. if you look into it enough. Um, but also, I just want to throw out there as a last one, Yara Shahidi, if you guys have watched Blackish, no. uh, which is a comedy series starring Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross, mm. it's hilarious uh, about a black family growing up kind of like surrounded by white people. Yeah quite wealthy it's pretty funny cool uh yara shahidi plays the oldest daughter on that and she just got a spin-off called college ish uh she announced it on twitter earlier today so it's like you know gonna represent for you know girls of color and all that kind of stuff um in the college world following her journey through college have you guys seen dear white people on netflix yes no oh my gosh um 
this is really bad. I've already forgotten the main character's name. I just watched it like last week. I don't know. I didn't watch the series. I only yeah, watched the film. I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to put her in my list, even though I don't know her name. <laughs> she is a boss. An absolute boss. I'm going to have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, do. Watch it. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. Will do. Anyway. Let's, Boom. Let's go to a song, song now. time. Um, well, given that we've just talked about our female um, fictional role models, we would be lost without them. So here's a throwback. Delta Goodrum, lost without you. <laughs> this is the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. That was Delta Goodrum with Lost Without You. And you are joined with Erin, Lisa and Molly. Uh-huh. So excited. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. And before uh, that song, I mentioned that the kid from Spy Kids was in a relationship, an unlikely couple, uh, with Megan Trainer, pop star, pop princess Megan Trainer. Just thought I'd let anyone know that, you know, if your head was a bit sore, sore from scratching it, trying to think. I'm not as startled the second time around hearing that. No. I, I was quite... I was quite engaged the first time. I was like, wow, really? <laughs> no, I'm not feeling so that's like that. okay. Oh, yeah. It wasn't for yeah. you, Erin. It was for the audience. <laughs> the, the, um, I'm breaking the fourth wall again. Yes. I'm really good at doing that here. That's <laughs> why I don't go live for the most part. Anyway, we've got a um, an interview coming up with you that I did earlier in the week. Um, we're, we're actually talking about in the realm of male-dominated workplaces. That's kind of the conversation that we're we're hoping to have here with you tonight and the interview that I've done is with a a pro wrestler um, living in Melbourne working in Melbourne her name is Kelly Ann and um, because I'm okay I'm really interested in this world of pro wrestling if you're if you're into wrestling at all and you're listening and you want to hear more wrestling stuff check out the hot tag um, on Sin Nation on Fridays from 8pm as well it's the wrestling show here which is really cool and you know there's a whole bunch of other stuff out there as well that you can check out but this interview that I did, I was speaking with this this woman about being a woman in a predominantly male-dominated industry, mm-hmm. which, of course, any outsider would view professional wrestling as, like, muscly jacked-up guys, which is a lot of what we talked about. And she raises some really interesting points just about being a woman working in the industry and how do we work with gender norms, and especially in, an, in a, a profession that works a lot with performance aspects and... Um, how gender norms are perpetrated and how they're utilised in the performance aspects. So, gonna give that a play for you now. This is the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. Would you say it's generally harder for a woman to break through in the industry and to make a living? Um, you, you know what? Today it's probably easier. Uh, but yeah, back in the day, yeah, I guess it was hard. I'm just going by my own experience. It's like when I first came in, there wasn't really many other women. And it was hard to get taken seriously, especially being so young, but also being a woman in a male dominated sport, you know. So <laughs> it, it was hard to get taken seriously and not treated as, um, well, I guess not treated as just a girl backstage, yeah. but treated as, you know, a wrestler. I guess then on top of that, have you, like, experienced any uh, conflict with bookings or... Oh, uh, yeah, big time. I mean, I'm a really big advocate for intergender wrestling. Like, yeah. I, I love it. I think it's great. I think it promotes equality and all that sort of... I'm not a feminist, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know totally. I, I want to be equal. I, I mean, I've come across a lot of promoters that refuse to book me against men or mm. at one promoter in Canada who just refused to use girls on his show because he didn't think they were any good. Right. So, 
<laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. But like my, I really, I get offended when um, other male wrestlers think that you know it's not legitimate if I got in the ring and beat them up. You know, just yeah. because I'm a girl. Like, even if I'm bigger than them and stronger than them, they still go, no, I'm a man, so I can beat <laughs> you up. It doesn't make sense. Like, ah, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird world, right? <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Um, I do really like that idea of intergender wrestling, but I will, I'll come yeah. back to that in a minute because yeah. I want to ask you, I guess, what are your overall feelings about the so-called women's evolution in wrestling? I think, I think it's great. I mean, I grew up watching Trish Stratus and Lita and Victoria and Molly Holly, yeah. and I, I loved them because they were wrestlers, you know. Um, and But what was good, though, we did have our Tori Wilsons, our Stacey Keeblers and everything, mm. but I think these days it's now promoting a much more positive uh, look on women wrestlers it, it's all about wrestling which is nice because it, it is a bit disheartening you know like if you want to grow up to be in WWE and all you see is these models on yeah. there yeah. You, you know it, obviously it's disheartening you're like well I don't look like that but now you have girls that were wrestlers before they even got into WWE that are now the top like Sasha Banks and Bayley yeah. you know he went through Shimmer he did all the Indies, and you know they got there, and it just makes it so much a much more realistic dream. And I think, especially now with the women's tournament and everything, yeah. I think WWE finally has realised that you know fans want to see wrestlers. That's what they're entertained by, especially the PG crowd. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was fine back then when it was like M, and we had Sable out there with barely no clothes on. Yeah. You know, that's fine, but not now. Like we can't do that. You know, yeah. there's little girls that watch wrestling as well. Did these opportunities for women, as they are amplified now, did they exist in that capacity before like, they got that mainstream exposure of the women's evolution? I don't believe so. Absolutely not. I mean, there was... As a like a female wrestler, yeah. there wasn't many opportunities for you, especially to get into WWE. All there was was you know, oh yeah, we can hire you as like a trainer, yeah. or you know, they, but they wouldn't even look twice at the female indie wrestlers. Yeah. Whereas now, because the top women are independent wrestlers, it's definitely opened up a whole new, whole new world for all these other girls. And mm-hmm. I think there's now an influx of female indie workers. Like, there's just been over, like, 300 that have just started now because, you know, of what they've seen on TV. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely opened up a lot more opportunities. And it's been, like, there's women main eventing independent wrestling shows now. So, yeah, I I think it's definitely done good. So what capacity would you say that those opportunities exist in Melbourne? Um, Well, I like to take... Me and Evie, for example, yeah. um, MCW, <laughs> they really, um, they made our feud a main attraction for yeah. the shows. So, um, you know, we were allowed to do Fool's Count Anywhere. We were allowed to push the boundaries. We were allowed to use weapons, you know. They put so much effort into us. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see even on other shows now, you know, like I'm main events with Demi and RCW. Yeah, like yeah. there's just all these, like they wouldn't have even dreamt of doing that, you know. So yeah, like yeah. because they had Sasha and um, Charlotte in a cage and everything, you know, it, it's opened up all those new ideas, like, like, oh, women can do that. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll do it too. So I think, yeah, definitely it has opened up a lot of opportunities in Australia. Yeah, cool. cool. Well, that's, that's positive. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go back to that idea of performing in intergender wrestling. So it's, I guess it's safe to say that wrestling 
is about performing a role as, as a performer mm-hmm. yourself. And I guess with that can come like the expression of gender norms or a perpetration of gender norms and ideas. So yeah. um, do you keep that in mind when you're performing? Absolutely. I mean, if I am in an intergender match, obviously I'm not going to be lifting these men and gorilla pressing them above my head, you know. Um, And with the men, they're not going to punch me square in the face because, yeah, that is offensive and I totally get that. Like, you can't go around punching women in the face. But, (laughs) you know, but... um, so there is there is a particular way to do it without offending people and showing that women are equal, but also still respecting the man as a man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a there is a way to do it, but a lot of people do take advantage of it, and then it just gets silly and offensive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess it can be viewed in a way as kind of like challenging these preconceived ideas. Exactly. Of is there? I guess is it natural that certain roles are fulfilled as a part of the storytelling element? Is that kind of just the way it is? Like, you will take on a natural role per your gender. The person you're performing against will do so. A lot a lot of the roles that, like, wrestlers take on, they like to think of it as, like, an amplified version of themselves. So it's just, like, yourself turned up a notch. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's... You, they don't... No one really gives you a role. That only really happens in the big federations like WWE. They'll yeah. tell you what they want you to be, you know? But um, here with independent wrestling in, in Australia, we have that freedom to be what we want and who we want, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and with intergender wrestling, my goal out there is to show that I'm equal to a man. Mm. So that's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. With with that in mind as well, I mean, we talk a lot about the impact that these kind of things have on women, but likewise for men, there's definitely a lot of stigma, I believe anyway, in wrestling. There's this kind of like hyper-masculinity around it a lot of the time. Do you feel that this idea of like hyper-masculinity is represented in the same sort of vein as you trying to equal the representation of a woman? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when yeah, when people think of wrestlers, they instantly think of huge, muscly, jacked men. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of my friends that are wrestlers, um, some of them don't, I mean, I guess you wouldn't think they were wrestlers. But mm-hmm. I, I can see how, um, you know, like, we may have a little guy in the ring and people will instantly go, oh, okay, he's a little guy, he's going to be weak, you know, but then he might come out and he'll be fast. And, you know, that's how he takes all the big guys down is because he's fast and he's technical. So I can see, though, that um, it would be hard for men as well coming into it, just like it is for women. Um, Obviously, you know, fans instantly gravitate towards the bigger guys because they're like, oh, wow, Mm. people got the guys on TV, you know. (laughs) And that's that's what we want. But, yeah, I mean, it's the exact same for men that it is for women. I guess I just want your final thoughts then on how do you hope that women can overcome any resistance or limited opportunities to succeed in the wrestling business? I guess um, I hope that with WWE that they, the tournament that they're doing actually gets taken seriously and the people that they do use is the actual best, not just based on what they look like or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think that will definitely shine highlights on like all the all the different countries because it's China, Germany, everywhere, yeah. you know. So that's going to give everyone exposure and 
especially the independent wrestling, we're in such a good place at the moment, you know, because it is kind of us against them. That's how I kind of see it at the moment. You know, yeah, the yeah. fans actually support independent wrestling so much because they want to show WWE, you know, this is wrestling, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, at the moment, there's Randy Orton versus Will Ospreay yeah, online and that. stuff. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just hope that women keep, as long as they have the right attitude about it and they're not in there for you know, all the wrong reasons, whatever that may be. I'm not going to touch on it, but mm-hmm. I just hope that, um, you know, that, yeah, we, we just keep doing what we're doing and we do it in the right way, though, you know? Like, don't go out there and think that you have to kill yourself in front of the crowd just to get respected as a woman, you know? Don't go out there doing hardcore matches with men and bleeding everywhere yeah. just to get respect. You know, it don't, that doesn't need to happen. Just train hard. And go out there and perform. That's all you have to do. And, and yeah, like, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. All I'm trying to do is perform and entertain people. Cool. That was Kelly Ann speaking with me earlier in the week. Um, Kelly Ann wrestles all across Australia. She does a lot of Melbourne shows. She wrestles for MCW, which is a Melbourne based promotion. And um, sorry for all the wrestling lingo as well. If you're not into wrestling, like, sorry to bombard you with that if it's not your thing. But I thought it was just a little segment that we could play that was quite interesting. Mm, it uh, was really interesting. Thank you so much, Erin. No worries. All right. Let's and go to a song. Yeah. It, that'll be a good transition to our discussion right after this song. Um, Dami Im, The Sound of Silence. Because obviously sometimes we can be deafened by the sound of silence in male-dominated industries. So... <laughs> Um, that's my pun for that one. Uh, well drawing at straws. Demi M. Naughty Rujo. Sin Nation. That one there was Demi M with Sound of Silence. You are listening to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. I bloody love that song. Yeah, bloody love that song. Should have won Eurovision. I know. I'm still bitter. <laughs> still <laughs> salty as hell about that. I know. I know. She was amazing. She was amazing. Anyway, let's move on. So we were having a bit of a chat uh, we heard an interview that Erin did with a pro wrestler. Yeah. Um, and talking about male-dominated industries. Um, so I know from personal experience, I actually work in a female-dominated industry, and that is the industry that is the most female-dominated industry in Australia. Sure. Healthcare and social assistance. There is, it's a 78%, uh, 78.3% um, v twenty one point seven percent to male. Yeah, yeah. Um, I <laughs> I was really excited when I one day realised it just it all clicked for me. I was like, oh my gosh, my my facility manager, she's a female, and my 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 immediate bosses who are the nurses, they're all female. I have there's one male nurse, he does night night shift, and then we have you know the sectional. Um, like the floor managers, so there's like a two floor facility, and I was like, and they're both female. Oh my gosh, I'm working in a matriarchy, and I got really <laughs> excited. And then the next part clicked, and I was like, oh, but it's an industry that is overworked and underpaid. Of course, <laughs> yeah. And this is pretty much a, across the board. So the top three female-dominated industries are healthcare and social assistance, with seventy-eight percent point. Um, 78.3% as uh, of female employees. Education and training, mm. 70.9%. Another, really? Yep. That surprises me. Why? 70% seems like a lot. Like, I don't know. I just feel like in my personal yeah. life, I know a lot, like a plethora of male um, 
trainers and educators. Mm. That, but that's again me living in my little teacher bubble in yeah. my head. In your, in your head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that I had um, fairly few male teachers. More in high school, very little in primary school, very yeah. little. Yeah. Oh no, teachers that I had versus people and peers that I know yeah. are teachers are very very different. Yeah. Um, also, education training is another industry that is not as underpaid, but overworked. Uh, absolutely, and un- or underappreciated. Yes, is, is, yeah, is the word for that one. And then also financial and insurance services. Fifty-five percent women, really, which is quite surprising. Yeah, oh. yeah. There you go. Crunching the numbers, Boom. hidden figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, can, you. you can actually find this on the uh, on the internet, which I did a quick Google search and it popped up. So there you go. <laughs> you on the flip side of that, construction, 88.3% male. Mm, yeah. Which is not surprising at all. Um, but um, I always get really excited whenever I see a female construction so worker. So do I. Working. I actually saw a really good interview. I can't remember where I saw it or who it was, but it was – no, no, it was a podcast and it was talking about a woman who has been in the construction industry. I think she was in there for like 40 years. Like, that was her job. And the one thing that she really liked to have was pink boots, pink <laughs> construction boots, and people used to make fun of her, but she was such a boss and a really strong woman. And she was just like, I'm here. I'm doing my job. I'm doing it. I'm working twice as hard as everyone else, yep. and I don't necessarily have the stature – that everyone else does. So I have, I'm working extra hard to keep myself fit. I want to fucking wear my pink boots. Hell yeah. <laughs> and she Hell did yeah. for like 40 years. Isn't that great? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Respect. Um, we've got mining, which is at 86.3% male. Ooh. No surprises there. Uh, transport, postal and warehousing, 78.3. And the quantities of um, male employee v. Oh, sorry. Uh, female employee employed. Uh, so, fifty-three percent. What is this? What is this number? Hang on. Just says total employees. Basically, there are less females that are employed than than men Over, across the board. Across the board. Yeah. So, if there was the ratio of females to males who really? were employed, fifty-three um, percent, fifty-three point eight percent male, forty-six point two female. Wow. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean. Not, I'm not in any way saying that that is correct, as in like r- right or wrong to be um, mm. doing. But we have to like consider the history of s- s- domestic roles for women, right? Yep. And that's obviously something that's changed. If you look at that number 30, 40 years ago, I'm sure it's oh. far in the favour of men. Absolutely. And I hope, I hope that that number only evens out over time i mean you see more and more men taking on roles at home nowadays than you ever would and i I heard a story um again can't remember where i heard it but i did hear this story saying and i don't know what the evidence behind it was but i I, my ears just shot up when i heard it and saying that men who take on the role of a stay-at-home dad in quotation marks are doing less housework than a woman would in the same position House husbands. Why does that not surprise me? Yeah. House husbands on Channel 9, aren't they all just like, I don't know, running over each other's fences yeah. and like sleeping with each other's wives? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just the worst house husbands. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one thing that is 
been a hot topic in my brain for the last week, which is the unpaid labour that women do. Yep. So mm. that is things like domestic duties, so cleaning the house, doing the washing, la, 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 la. Is it like 14 hours a week or something? I, 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 that's not a number that I know to quote. It was on the, <laughs> it, it, was, it was on the project. So I'm sure if you go back in the project's <laughs> archives, they definitely had a figure on it in the last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, also, uh, unpaid labor, things like, uh, emotional support. So when it comes to, I guess, someone that you're going to talk to about any issue, yada, 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 mm-hmm. um, the amount of times that I have been stopped by anyone, I'm just going to say males because it's easy to talk about in this situation, and they will think that um, they can come and just talk to me and blurt out all this stuff and I can sit there and take this information. And that you have to. Yes, and of course I, I, I want to help my friends mm-hmm. if, if they're my friend, but it's it's that assumption that that's what I'm there for yeah, sure. and, that's, and that they couldn't go to their male friends because they're not good at doing that kind of stuff so they do it to us and it's basically dumping of all of this emotion mm-hmm. and this emotional crap onto onto women and then being like oh well you know this is this like you guys are the nice gender so to speak but then you have to carry that with you like i had a friend absolutely my one of my best friends all through high school um he was also dating another one of our close friends there was a group you know a small group of yep. us as you do their relationship was so tumultuous and up and down and all these things and as much as I was a friend to both of them I was his rock so to speak but it started just being with things about the relationship and then it started being with things about personal things and then it started with things about his family and don't get me wrong that's what you're supposed to be there for but it was literally almost like emotionally manipulative to me in a, in a sense because it just became it became so much I remember I used to cry to my mom and say I can't I was 15 or 16 and say I don't know how to help this situation and that's where we were saying before that you know you can be a support to someone but you also need to guide them to the correct yeah sure ways that they can be do supported you, do you feel like that happened Lisa because of your gender because of the preconceived idea yeah, that, yeah definitely because he woman. was he was surrounded by males yeah and I was one of maybe a couple of females in his life mm. and I guess that I was just the one that he chose sure. to disclose all this stuff to. But having said that, he was surrounded by a plethora of males all the time mm. um, and I'm sure that none of them heard half the stuff that I did. I think it's just an interesting dynamic that exists in the expectations that are placed in genders across the board, the whole spectrum, not just male and female, but the whole spectrum. But, like, I remember growing up as well, I was very much a tomboy and mm-hmm. I used to hang out with the boys at school and, you know, I'd, I'd cop it because, like, I didn't really want to hang out with girls. I kind of I was comfortable in my little circle of boys and every every year that I went through school, I always ended up gravitating towards a new group of boys. Like, it's just where I was comfortable and even now I've got a circle of friends and a lot of them are male and that's just where I'm comfortable. And I would cop things from school and people would just be like, oh, you know, she's a lesbian or like... That's always the way. That's how it is, right? And it's just like, well, who cares? I, I like hanging out with some girlfriends and I also like hanging out with my guy friends and I don't necessarily see a difference, yep. in all honesty. I kind of just see my mates as my mates. Yeah, mm. I, I can definitely agree with you on that. My two best friends that have been my two best friends, not the ones that I had when I was 15, yeah. um are both male and I can't imagine, you know, my life without them or anything like that. And I don't think that I have a female equivalent to them. Mm. I'm really opposite. I I haven't, in the last probably two years, 
I haven't made any, if at all, new male friends. Yeah. And they've all been female. Um, That's really nice. It is really great because I have so many great women in my life. I feel really blessed. Um, but I also – I think that part of that reason is because I cannot help but feel as though these disfigured ways that people view women and the ways that they feel like they can, I suppose, use women as, as an emotional mm-hmm. support or um, – as someone to poke fun at in, in, a, in a group yep. conversation. Um, and I can't I can't get away from that. And I guess, to an extent, I don't really trust men. Oh, I, <laughs> I def- really don't. I definitely agree with that because outside of the my two closest friends, I struggle to think of many other male, mm-hmm. like, like genuine friends, not acquaintance or anything like that, like genuine friends. Mm-hmm. The rest mm-hmm. of them are female, but it's just on that level of, you know, you're my family type of business yeah they're the ones that i turn to yeah 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 Mm. i wonder i wonder what things are i mean it's probably not much different i suppose uh and if if, if a friendship is a close friendship then a lot of the time you get what you get out of like because my closest friends are females and your closest friends are males but we're probably getting the The same same. yeah yeah really interesting i i wish i wish i could go and make friends with males much I more I wish easily. I could go and make friends much more easily. Yeah, like, yeah that's what I'm thinking here. <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh, yeah. It just happens sometimes, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is, all right, well, let's, let's, let's <laughs> jump into it. Teach me how to make friends. Um, okay, let me choose the... All right, well, we're going to play... The um, next tune. <laughs> tune. Oh, come on. Okay, if we're talking about babes being friends with babes... Um, women being friends with women. Um, what is better than a good sister to sister relationship? And <gasps> twins? <laughs> they might be twins. They might be twins. Trivia, trivia. What do you reckon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Veronicas. Yes. The Veronicas. In my blood, we're listening to the Veronicas. Another pun. Another. Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm. I'm full of them today. Uh, you're listening to the Notary Show on CN Nation. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. That was the Veronica's with In My Blood. And we are answering some Tumblr questions now. Uh-huh. If you head over to the com forward slash ask, feel free to ask any questions. We've got just under 15 minutes left, so we should be able to squeeze you in if you've got any questions. Uh-huh. What's the first question? Uh, from Anonymous. Just you know, hey, for something Anonymous. a little bit different. Hello, Anonymous. Welcome to the Naughty Read Show. Um, they have asked us, I really want to lose my virginity. Uh, don't know what to do about losing my virginity. Can you guys help me? Don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could explain well, the well. I'm sorry to laugh. Sorry to that person. I mean, when I was a young virgin, mm-hmm. I had no idea how to go about losing my virginity. I didn't know what, you know, did I have to talk to someone? How did like, you? I was... The this, is, this is not... I'm not advocating um, anyone do this, really. Uh, I was overseas in London and I was on a pub crawl and I got with the pub crawl tour guide. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, was it good? It was... It was it was alright. Like it was just a bit of boom boom bam yep. and then go to sleep, thank you, ma'am. 
Um, it was... <laughs> Yeah, he was Scottish, so it was really nice. He's Scottish. He was Scottish, He's and it was Scottish. lovely. Um, and then I ended up seeing him again uh, because I did the pub crawl again, and we looked at each other like, oh, no. But it was fine. And he knew. It, I was all, like, you know, consensual and blah, blah, blah. What did, wait, as in, like, he knew that He knew that it? I was a virgin. Okay. Yeah, which is, I, in hindsight, a little bit bizarre because we did meet that day. But I mean, I have no regrets about it. No, good. I think it was. If it, if there's going to be any way I was going to lose my virginity, it was overseas to a uh, Scottish handsome stranger. A Scottish so, handsome stranger. Yeah. And what about the two of you? I was with my boyfriend for seven months. Oh, <laughs> bless! <laughs> I know. Gosh, and, but this is not the same boyfriend, mind you. I've got different. I've had a few different boyfriends since then. But yeah, we were in high school, and it was. Was it? Yeah, it was his birthday, actually. Oh. Now that I remember. Was oh. it a present? Um, it, what, you, what, like, <laughs> what we, okay, so we both lost our virginity together. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Um, yeah, it was his 18th birthday. Oh. <laughs> and, um, I don't know, we just, we just did and it was slightly painful and pretty, you know, cra- well, crappy in comparison to the sex that I'm currently having. Oh, yeah. Of course. And... Um, I just remember, so my boyfriend's house was next door to our good friend's house who we were in the same group at high school and they were all next door hanging out because we were going to hang out later. So we'd, you know, we went and had sex and then I ran over next door and my boyfriend's best friend, who was a good friend of mine, was there and I went and I gave him a hug and I whispered in his ear, I was like, Liam, I've done the deed. (laughs) Yeah, that was my. It was really nice. I actually, I feel really blessed because all of my first sexual experiences was with this person, and um, yeah, we really loved each other. That's and so we nice. Really and, I, and for the most part, I think I feel really lucky because a lot of people talk about their first experiences being um, with people that they didn't necessarily know. Not that that's if that's what you want to do, it's fine. Or then being quite negative experiences, and mine mm. really wasn't. That's so lovely. Yeah. Well, mine did end with him the next morning directing me the wrong way to the tube station oh, in dear. a borough of London that I had never been in before with a dead phone. So that was also another. That does taint the experience. It did, but not really, because in my head, it's it's all really laughable. It's an adventure. It was an mm. adventure. Lovely. Pick your what about own. you? Um, I was very young. I was very young, but also in a similar situation with you, my high school boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a really good relationship. Um. We were very close friends. I have a thing for, like, friends. I just love doing that. Like, Aww. people who I've already got, like, a really solid friendship with and going, yeah, and let's do this. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that. Ross and Rachel. Mm. Doesn't always work out in the end, but <laughs> it's nice at the time. Yeah, so um, I was actually, I was 15 at the time, and um, we I felt really ready, though. I felt very mature, and um, I'd spoken about it a lot with him, and I'd spoken about it with some elders as well and just you know got it got it all out on the table and was like okay this is how it's done this is what happens no it wasn't like that at all um, this is this is what you can expect this, yeah, this is boof. the cream of the crop this is a boof <laughs> this is a book and boof and a half i tell you yeah but yeah it was a it was a nice experience it wasn't traumatic in any way <laughs> as many have described their first time to me before um it was very loving and there was an embrace and yeah we kind of just took it easy and 
ask each other, are you okay? I think, that, I think that's just the, the, the best part so of nice. a sexual relationship, yeah. just constantly mm. checking in on each other. Um, from there, obviously, it got better. It wasn't, like, as physically sensational as, you know, as you would imagine. But, mm. like, first time, it's not going to be. No, it's no. going to be a little bit difficult. Um, but emotionally. And you don't realise that yeah. a pussy should be really wet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or that, like, you know, you shouldn't try and go really fast or oh. just random stuff. It's just, oh, my gosh. What yeah. a mess. It was a bit... <laughs> I just remember, like, when I was with that boyfriend, it'd be really funny if he was listening. I haven't talked to him for ages. But when I was with that boyfriend, I just thought that I was someone else. Like, I don't really think I'm into sex. I don't really, I don't think I'm a very sexual person. Like, I mean, I like doing other things and I obviously like having an orgasm, but I don't really like having, you know, penis and vagina sex because, I don't know, I just don't really think it's not for me. And then when we broke up and I was having sex with other people was like I'm definitely into this (laughs) (laughs) hello world here I am here I am here comes Molly (laughs) yes yeah it was like that it was was a a revelation Um, so to answer this person's question um, you want to lose your virginity how do you do so well you can either find the right time and have a, you know, seven-month-long, beautifully loving relationship. Exactly. Or you can go to a foreign country and find a lovely foreign person There is to no sleep with. blueprint. There's uh, no blueprint for it. You yeah. just, I think that the main point here is that you have to feel ready and comfortable within yourself. Yeah, um, totally. Don't force it, please, because something is already going to be forced inside you. You don't want to be forcing any extracurricular, extraterrestrial also, feelings. Also, can I, can I say that when we talk about sex and losing virginity we always always talk about it with like a male female sexual approach yeah, when certainly. when losing your virginity could be is a plethora of things yeah having sex is a lot of things so uh, to me oral sex is oral yeah, sex, is sex um you yeah, know like interesting though because like i don't know about how your experience of high school was guys but like there was the whole thing of if like girls would do things with guys and all guys would do things with girls and girls would do things with guys, blah, blah, blah. But if there wasn't penetrative sex... It wasn't counted. It didn't count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I copped that really bad because I didn't even, you know, see any sexual organs or touch any sexual organs till I was 19. So I was well out of high school by that point. I was, yeah. you know, just known as the virgin. But that took a while for me to get to because I was so into kissing all the boys that a lot of the girls didn't like that I kissed the boys that they might have liked and, you know, would spread rumours about me and all these things. And so everyone just, you know, thought that I liked to S a lot of Ds, even though I didn't. Um, And not that there's anything wrong with that, but when you're personally, you know, you know you haven't done... It's pretty scary when you're you're, uh, in high school and especially because women are definitely taught that that if if you have sex when when especially when you're young you have sex you're a slut and if the guys have sex like oh fucking he's he's top notch he's yeah. a top notch bloke and um and that quite frankly is bullshit um those stereotypes so i think that that's really difficult in high school because we were taught definitely to not want to be someone who was sexually curious and wanted to explore mm-hmm. oh i went to a catholic high school oh so yeah yeah yeah, that yeah, it was rough. rough. Yeah, that does really sound quite rough when it comes to talking about sex and having a dialogue about sex. And that's the thing. It's really important to 
to have these conversations. No, definitely. Open dialogues. Mm. Talking about sex is not something to be ashamed of. Or, you know, losing your virginity is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, being a sexual person is nothing to be ashamed of. Mm. All of these things make you who you are. And they're human nature at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm, totally. I don't think we really answered the question, but we kind of proved that losing your virginity, whatever that means to you, can be quite hickle pickle It's up to your interpretation, really. Virginity can be a big deal or it can just be a eh. hurdle in life that, you know, comes with all the rest. Yeah. One more question? Oh, uh, yeah. One yeah. more question? One more question. Um, okay. Let me just... We need some sort of scrolling music, I think. Okay. There's the <laughs> That's okay, you keep going. <laughs> Thanks for answering my question about the guy I like. No worries, Anonymous. Oh. Hmm. oh. Is that the That's statement? Right. Yeah, that was a statement. That wasn't a question. Oh. No probs. No worries at all. Um... <laughs> My boyfriend doesn't want to have sex as often as I do, and we have arguments about it sometimes because he thinks all I want is sex. How can I manage this better? Oof, the trouble of the high libido. I have been there, and it can be pretty frustrating, especially when it comes to a female being more sexually driven than a male because they kind of... In my experience, my boyfriend felt like his masculinity was challenged, yes. which mm. was really yeah. irritating yeah. because it wasn't anything that I could help or he could help. And so, and it's got nothing to do with him. Like, like <laughs> him as a, as a being right there is very, very interchangeable in this situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that if you have a higher libido, then your partner I feel for you because that sounds rather frustrating however you have to respect their needs as well as yours and if they are not wanting to have sex at a certain time then you have to respect that no matter what if you do not have consent to have sex with a person or be intimate with someone then you cannot go ahead but also if it's really bad and I mean they just don't want to have sex ever and that's something that you feel like is very very important to you in a relationship um maybe there are some greater things that you need to reconsider you know what Um, are you talking about being with said person yeah yeah pretty much potentially because if it's if it's you know if you're never getting sex and all you want is sex and it's really valued to you in a relationship and they're just not you know you've had the conversations you've you know done whatever then that could be something a lot deeper um, but if, you know, you're just trying to find a middle ground and a nice balance of sexy time, you know, just talk to them. Mm-hmm. It sounds like... Tell your, them what you want. It sounds like your partner feels like you only want to interact with him when it, a lot of the time when it comes to... Um, when, it, when it's about sex. And I think what you need to do, firstly, is reassure them that that's not true, that you like to have sex because you are attracted to them and and you like them and you like that closeness but that's obviously not all that you like and of course if your libido is higher than your partner's get into some pretty serious DIY I tell you Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that you can be interested in and it is a different way of exploring your sexuality when it comes to yourself because 
there are things that you can discover about yourself that you simply can't get from another person. And similarly, there are things that you can get from sex with another person that you can't get from yourself. That could be a really interesting road to go down. Having a healthy relationship with yourself is major as well. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Guys, that is all the time we have here tonight on the Naughty Rude Show. We did it. We We made it. We were all very tired, but we did it and we're really happy to be here. Talking about babes and periods always helps. Yeah, we (laughs) did everything, didn't we? We We went from periods to pay gaps. I've loved it. I've loved it. Have you loved it? Absolutely every second of it. Every second. Thanks for joining us, if you're listening. Um, if you're listening on the podcast as well, cheers for that. Cheers. Keep listening on the click podcast. Click that download button. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep clicking that download button. You can get the podcast on iTunes, Omni, and on the SIM website at sin.org.au. Chuck us a question during the week, the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask, or send us a tweet at Naughty Rude. And also like us on Facebook, Naughty Rude Sin. Yeah, that's all the stuff Ooh, that I am Take a breath after that plug. <sighs> Thanks for joining us. Beautiful. This has been Erin, Lisa, and Molly. Catch ya. Bye. You can listen to The Naughty Rude Show live 8 to 10 p.m. every Sunday on Sin Nation. So, so, so skinless.